0: This is an ABC podcast. Hey there, Angela McCormack with you for the Hack podcast. This episode is the shake-up. We've got half an hour together to riff on the big stories of the week. And there's been plenty happening in the past few days.
1: Hack. Maybe, like, spend the money on the, like, environment too. No, you can't because Adidas says it is terminating its partnership with EA immediately. Tony, why wouldn't you go and glue your your silly hands to a power station? On Triple Jack.
0: Kanye, the budget, political protests, so much going on. Thankfully, though, it's not just me talking. Our shake-up panel today is huge. First off, actor, Hollywood superstar, Remy He. How are we going? G'day, Ange.
1: I'm great. So So good to be here.
0: Yeah, nice to have you back. And, of course, no stranger to the shake-up, former Batchy contestant, now political lobbyist, Alicia Aitken-Radburn. Welcome back. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here with Ange. I'm
2: always with the Hollywood actors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the
0: stars only on this show, I swear. Um, and I want you listening to call in today. Our phone line's right now. I'm looking at an empty board. Call in. Let's talk about those topics. Kanye, the budget, political protests, 1300 three hundred o triple five three six or text in 0439
2: Hacks. Suppose you can't eat money, so so maybe uh, you know cheaper food for poorer people. There definitely needs to be more money for housing crisis. Obviously, that's a big thing at the moment. Give less money to people that won't go to work. Maybe to, it's like you know, homeless people. More money for like indigenous services. On triple jack.
0: Yeah, political nerds have been frothing this week over the budget. But even if you're not super into politics, it is interesting stuff. The government basically outlined what it wants to spend its money on. They're spending a lot on climate change, a bunch more for TAFEs and vocational colleges. But if you're hoping something for a bit more to ease the cost of living or big changes to mental health funding, you might have been kind of disappointed. I want to know what you thought about this, although did the government overlook young people? And are you worried about how you'll deal with your own budgets with things set to get even more expensive? Tell me, 0439757555. Let's go to Alicia Aitken-Radburn first. This is your jam as a political animal, right? Like, what, what did yeah. you... Were you loving it? What did you think of the budget?
2: Well, I did... I I was loving it. But to be honest, and compared to previous budgets, I, I feel like I've probably... It all seems a little bit quieter, which I think is a good thing. Like, I feel like... I remember back when I was in uni, we would literally go to the pub and we would, like, drink to lament what the bit government at the time were like what they were cutting and this all just seems a lot I love that more that's what you did <laughs> in
0: uni went to do drinking games around the cool. You are such a nerd Alicia. <laughs> I wish I hung out with you at uni.
2: You really shouldn't have but <laughs> Yeah, it seems a lot more calmer.
0: I guess because this was maybe a budget that was essentially like a post-election thing where they were sort of delivering on what they had put forward at the election, right? Like it wasn't your usual budget where you're like, oh, there's all these surprises and who's the winner and who's the loser. Like it was, a lot of it was pretty
2: expected, right? Exactly. I think it was really predictable and I think that the Albanese government has seen some of the success of other governments like I'm over here in Western Australia. I really think that they've looked at the success of the McGowan government who really just do this like strong, safe, steady bat where they've basically started on fulfilling a lot of their election commitments and then other than that it's all very, we haven't seen any of these like huge surprising reformist agendas which you know, we're probably about to dive into talking about what's in there for young people. Uh, We probably do need at some stage in the future to start seeing a bit more of a reformist radical agenda if we're going to do anything about things like these really big macro problems like housing affordability but for the most part I think with big COVID spending. And I think with the inflation problem, I think it's the budget that we needed.
0: Right. And I mean, what do you think, um, like, did you have any thoughts of what you would have liked to have seen more of in this budget, though? You're saying it's sort of a responsible, like pretty straightforward budget, but were there things that you thought, hmm, would have been good to see this?
2: Uh, I, th- I Not really anything in particular, to be honest. For me, I'm I'm getting to be a little bit of an older millennial now. Like I'm t- I've just turned 30. And the things that I was looking for in the budget are things that I've never looked for before, which is kind of scary. I'm starting to get to that place in my life where I'm starting to think about having a family. And so the paid parental leave extension for me was like, oh, damn, that's really good. And I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like oh, God, maybe I'm getting too old for hack. I mean, these, these things are all important <laughs>
0: topics, you know. Um, Remy, were you doing drinking games on Tuesday night, watching the budget? How, I how missed it. I it? missed the
1: memo. Oh, my God. I, uh, I'm not I'm not in the cool group anymore. No, look, I mean, yeah, this 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 budget I've I've, you know, been I have been tapped into the news and it's been mm-hmm. described widely, as we've been talking about it today, is unsurprising, unexciting, you know, a little bit boring. And
0: I thought, well, when were budgets exciting? Okay, and well... Make make politics boring. Well, I, and- I guess the thing is, you know, bef- before an election or something, governments come out and exactly. they spend all this money to try to woo you over. Where, where is the, the s- money? We're,
1: we're, we're, we're in this situation now where I think that people do recognise, like, with the rising, like, rising state of inflation, um, there's a huge... Uh, budget deficit going on, like I don't think anyone's expecting the government to be throwing cash around, so it was kind of like quite underwhelming.
0: Mm, And we're at the start of the Labour's term, like they've got at least three more years to to do
1: those things. When's the next budget coming in? May?
0: Yeah, well they'll do the next one, in. usually they come in in May, it's unusual this year we've had two, but they've kind of had to do one to deliver on what they promised for the election basically. Well hopefully, we
1: can get some fireworks then because yeah, look, I I think that there have been some pretty disappointing things, Uh, particularly for me, I think like looking at commitments to climate change and what the government's doing with uh, the fossil fuel industry. Mm. Uh, You know, I mean, I think that a lot of uh, young people who uh, voted the last government out were hoping for some pretty big change on things like this and not really seeing it.
0: Mm. Alicia, um, we often see that young people are ignored in politics and often in budgets. Do you think, we sort of were talking about this briefly earlier, but how did young people fare in this budget? Were you seeing a lot for them?
2: To be honest, I I kind of, I think that young people have done relatively well within what, you know, we are describing as this boring, predictable budget. As you mentioned at the top, Ange, the Gov has funded another 480,000 fee-free TAFE places. And... I know that on climate change, it might not be, going back to housing, it might not be this like radical reform that perhaps people were hoping for. But I think incremental change wise, the government is really transforming what our old like traditional electricity grid looks like. Like they've thrown money at EVs, community batteries, household solar. I think we are really taking the right steps to get us in the future to that place where our electricity grid looks Different and is prepared for the future with renewable energy. Mm. Yeah, I'm on Q and A last night. Um, the government minister
0: Katie Gallagher was talking about this and kind of defended this budget as being one for young people because it it actually does have quite a large sum of money for um, climate change. You know, billions of dollars to address the. Um, lowering of emissions before by 2030, basically. But I think the counterpoint that came up this week was spend, uh, spending for um, things like mental health. And, you know, we had the Treasurer on this week. It was an interesting discussion because, you know, he was saying we've got all this money spending on healthcare and mental health, but when it comes down to it in the budget papers... There's a couple of new headspace centers for mental health funding yeah. for young people, right? And you, actually in terms of the Medicare sessions for for like psychologist sessions, they're winding that back this at the end of this year from 20 sessions to 10. How do you think that might sit with young people?
2: Oh, you're completely right Ange and regarding mental health. It's probably like the one thing that was in the back of my mind that I expected to see more action, to be honest, um, which is really disappointing. One one campaign, um, grassroots campaign out there that I'm really supportive of is Australians for Mental Health and basically their focus going into the budget allocation was to ensure that waiting periods to go see a psych were reduced. And I don't see, think that we, like, anybody who has tried to, it's one thing to have the 10 or 20 Medicare sessions, which is not usually a full free rebate anyway. Mm. You have to go find a bulk billing psych. Yeah. but we are just not seeing that investment or the policy settings to be able to address waiting lists. I know That's particularly... the real issue, isn't it? Yeah, because oh even God. if it
0: was free, like you just can't get it on the books is a problem. And
2: w- what is someone meant to do when they're like... I was, I was on a symposium with uh, Australians for Mental Health recently, and what is someone meant to do when they are in this acute space where perhaps it's the first time that they're thinking, I, I'm getting to the point where I want to be proactive about my mental health. I think I need to start to talk to somebody and then they ring around a few – maybe they go get the – Medicare, healthcare plan. And then they start ringing a couple of places or they ring the place that they've got the direct referral to. And then they discover that they are backlogged. There's, they can't get an appointment for, and we're not talking about a couple of weeks. Like mm-hmm. in Three regional months. areas, yeah. it was, I was helping a friend who lived in a, who lives on the south coast of New South Wales. I was helping them try to see a psych. And I sent a lot of emails because they weren't sort of in a place where they could do that for themselves. And I kid you not, I sent them in february and i got a reply last month saying they had a spot available it's just it's it's tough out crazy yeah yeah absolutely you're listening to hack on triple j
0: i'm Ange mccormack i'm with alicia Aitken, radburn and remy he for the shake up remy um on other things that we didn't see a lot of spending on the arts you're an actor this is your space was that did that come as a surprise
1: it look it it didn't and it didn't i mean i think that The arts uh, sector in this country is so used to be overlooked, to being overlooked by (laughs) a resilient bunch, aren't you? (laughs) We try, we try. You know, it it is sad though because like the arts sector in Australia does uh, uh, contribute like over fifteen billion dollars to the Australian economy. It is a really (laughs) big player, heaps of jobs, yeah. And yet, all we've been seeing, you know, under the last government was just cuts after cuts after cuts and broken promises and. This government was just a little bit of a, oh, okay, yeah, we're, we're we're being overlooked again. So, look, I'm holding my breath for the next May budget, but we'll see, we'll see.
0: Alicia, just briefly, Peter Dutton had his budget reply speech last night and he called out Labor for this election promise they made, which it doesn't look like they're going to be able to keep. They promised in the election that they power bills would go lower under Labor, but it looks like they're going to go up quite significantly. What do you make of that point from the opposition? I mean... It, that does seem like a promise. It's going to be hard to keep, right?
2: Yeah, look, I'm not going to. I'm not going to put myself out there as some energy policy specialist. But maybe a consideration for the Albanese government would be reconsidering the stage three tax cuts and allocating that money elsewhere. I don't know. It's just a little thought bubble. Uh, I don't think a decision about it needs to be made until a little bit further down the track. Mm. But. Um, yeah I I can't directly comment about energy prices I feel like that's a beast that it seems very difficult to tame um but I do think that there are some more levers that they can be pulling I remember watching insiders just a couple of weeks before the budget announcement and they were talking about basically like getting rid of all the wasteful spending and the pork barreling and I would really love to see like I want I want the Labor Party to be pushing out advertising actually showing us like where they have reduced waste
0: Mm. um On the Triple J text line, someone says, The mental health situation in this country is dire. Gov gave me no hope with the Treasurer's interview on Hack this week. All right, let's keep moving.
2: You're listening to Hack.
1: I will say I'm sorry for the people that I hurt
2: on Triple J.
0: Yeah, Kanye West has faced severe backlash this week, and for very good reason. Extremely offensive anti Semitic comments surfaced from an interview he did. They came after a string of other offensive comments from Kanye. He's been talking up conspiracy theories, touching on white supremacist rhetoric. It's really ugly stuff, and his fans and corporate partners have been turning away from him. Adidas has dropped their partnership with him. Kanye's wealth has taken a huge hit, and there's calls for his music to be. Taken down from Spotify. For his fans, this can be really hard, seeing someone whose work you love say abhorrent things. If you're a Kanye fan, what do you make of this? Will you stop listening to his music? 0439 5 is the Triple J text line. Let me know what you think.
1: Hack! I miss the old Kanye. Shape from the gold, Kanye. Chop up the soul. Kanye. I can say anti Semitic things, and Adidas can't drop me. Now what? Now what? No, you can't, because Adidas says it is terminating its partnership with Ye immediately. Adidas could be the biggest blow to Ye's or Ye's. I don't know how he says his name these days. Finances and his ego.
2: Adidas' decision caused Ye to lose $1.5
1: billion in net worth in one day. Part of the reason that we love and hate Kanye over the years is because he's very outspoken. He's not shy to, to speak his mind. I was never beefing with Kanye West. I was concerned about Kanye West. I'm still playing college dropout. I'm still playing the music. I still love the man that I think he is. On Triple J.
0: This is Hack on Triple J. I'm Ange McCormack with actor Remy He and political lobbyist Alicia Aitken-Radburn. It's a shake-up. Looking back on the week... On Kanye, Remy, these are really disturbing comments, obviously. They need to be called out. Um, what's your reaction been while following this story? Do you miss the old Kanye?
1: Oh, yay. What are you doing? What are you doing? Look, I think I think that we all know that he has been prone to quite volatile outbursts. And, you know, I think over the last year, there's been like quite a huge circus between him and Pete Davidson and just like a lot of really uh, kind of out there stuff, but... Verging into what he's been doing these last few weeks with the anti-Semitism, it's obviously it's just gone way too far, and it's it's despicable. It's despicable to be honest. And 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 um, you know, I I think that it's uh, it it's crazy that it took Adidas so long to drop him, or I mean, he's been dropped from his agency, he's been dropped from all of his all of his business partnerships, um, and yet he's still he's still indignant. And and I guess my question is like where 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 is the help where this this is someone who has spoken out loud about his struggles with mental health about his bipolar but where are where is the support network and I mean you know I'm I'm, I'm not saying I don't think that anyone should just be like uh uh committed or anything like that again against their will I think that you you know you you need to want to seek the help but like geez, how long was Britney Spears under conservatorship for because, you know, she shaved her head and yet here's someone who's like destroying them.
0: complicated than than that i suppose with britney's story but yeah i mean and it is hard to know with these big celebrity stories like you're only getting this version on social media and like what's actually happening behind the scenes like you never really know with a celebrity and when when this kind of situation is happening it becomes even less clear right um alicia what do you think is there any way back for kanye do you think like we've just seen so much um i guess people turning away from him and his partners and everything like that
2: yeah, I don't think so. Um, I think that it's kind of, it's almost disappointing that it feels like this is the conclusive point that we've come to. Like, obviously, his most recent comments are abhorrent, but also so were his comments before that and before that. And you take it back to, like, I think the things that we've seen him comment publicly on Instagram about his daughter and the way that he's treating Kim is abusive. And I think that the, all the way back when, when we saw him interrupt Taylor Swift on stage, like, I, I just Googled while we were introing this, um, that no, I can't claim to have watched the movie. I'm so sorry to everyone. But, um, you know, Avengers, Thanos, okay. with like, co- collecting the infinity stones, like he's collecting isms. And it's like sexism, racism, <laughs> oh, ableism, wow. like, it's just, it's honestly... I, I don't see a way back and I feel for Kanye's core fan base who are probably really gla- grappling with someone who has, you know, music is such, no better place to talk about it than Triple J, about how important music is in our lives. And I'm sure there are many people out there who have listened to Kanye's West music and perhaps it saved them a points in their lives. Um, and I really feel for those people who are now having to look at this artist displaying these behaviors, and it's impacting on how they interact with his art. Mm,
0: yeah, and this this brings us to the like classic question: Can you, how, and can you separate the art from the artist, Remy? Do you feel like this is a thing that you can do in the case of Kanye, or is it too far? Oh,
1: you know, I, I think I think that that is such a it's such a nebulous question because. There are real arbitrary lines that we that we like to draw around, you know Dare I say it, cancel culture. Like, I would be really uncomfortable playing Kanye West music at a party. Because mm, like right. yeah. it would, it for, for me, it's like, oh, I'm on, on board with an artist who's like out there like saying horrible things about about Jewish people. And and that's not My belief system, I I think that that needs to be stamped out around the world. So, no, I'm I'm, I'm not not down to play uh, Kanye West anywhere. But yet, at the same time, look, just picking uh, something off the top of my head, you know, we're, we're all down with Lewis Carroll and his books, you know, like Alice in Wonderland. But the guy, like, kind of had some really, really shady things with very, very young girls. And it's like, oh, okay, well, we're okay with that. So, I... You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really, really weird situation. Well, everyone
0: approaches it individually, right, I feel. Like, they kind of make their own calculations. But I, I guess when the artist is alive and there's this sense of you can um, be, make a statement by not endorsing them, by not playing their music, even if the Spotify stream is 0. 000 0.0002 <laughs> cents or whatever, yeah. there's still this, like, level of discomfort. Yeah. you're voting by- with your ears. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. And, I like, this also brings me to the the Spotify question because Spotify has kind of been um, criticised this week by people saying you should just pull all his music. Alicia, what do you think? Like, would that is that move kind of justified? And, and Spotify, by the way, said it, it isn't their decision. Apparently the label has to make that decision. So I, I don't know what you think of that, Alicia.
2: Uh, I hadn't even thought about that and that is so interesting and it will be really interesting to see if that position continues um, depending how this story I guess evolves Um, but I think you nailed it Anjin, that I think it is I think it's an inherently personal decision about whether you continue to stream Kanye or not Um, I do think we just need to make it clear that it isn't just It's not just you playing it on your Spotify. It does have those financial and social support implications. And, you know, like anything, people come from their own viewpoints of what's moral, immoral, what's too much, what's too little, too far. And people will make their own judgments accordingly. Mm.
0: And on the social media front, like uh, Kanye was uh, sort of suspended from his Twitter account and Instagram account at various points in the past couple of months. He has them back at the moment as far as I'm aware. Do you think like that kind of action is something that's justified in this case should he have that platform? You know, like we see people like Donald Trump, you know, his Twitter, Twitter account was taken away.
2: Absolutely, it's really and this, as I say, like the how the situation evolves, it's really interesting. I would, I would be so fascinated, and someone out there will know um, whether Spotify has like community standards because I'm sh- absolutely sure if you uploaded a really discriminatory rap or something like that, I'm sure that that doesn't stay on the platform. And you know, that's why people like Donald right. Trump has been deplatformed from Twitter.
0: Tri- tricky, isn't it? Because yeah. it's not necessarily. I mean, there might be some issues with his music, but it's not necessarily like the songs that people are taking issue with. It's it's the artist behind. Yeah, them. so I wonder so how does, is, how is that make... where
2: it changes? Is mm. that is it is it when he releases a song that's like um, e- explicitly <laughs> racist? Well, uh, yeah, I assume that... that wouldn't be allowed on the platform. Yeah, right? I'm, yeah. I'm not
0: I'm not sure. Like, but then I'm sure rules, that
2: but... I I'm sure if we went back into his catalog, and I can't call myself like a diehard <laughs> Kanye fan, um, but I'm sure if we went back into our catalog. It, His catalogue in this in a similar way to like R. Kelly, let's say, Um, his lyrics are disgusting, and so it's interesting to continue seeing spot it will be interesting to watch this play out I think Mm,
0: yeah heaps to see what happens in that case I mean I think ultimately there's kind of no winners here like for fans for for Kanye and his loved ones like for anyone involved in this story obviously for in especially this week the Jewish community there's there's no winners and yeah it's actually just kind of sad anyway time to keep moving
1: At London's National Gallery, one of the world's most iconic paintings is about
0: to become unrecognisable. On Triple J. Yeah, climate change activists have been making a splash, literally, in famous art galleries. This week, protesters in Germany chucked mashed potato on a Monet painting to protest inaction on climate change. Others have done similar things recently with tomato soup or gluing themselves to works. What do you think of this style of protesting? Does it work? Does it piss you off? Is it counterproductive because of how divisive it can be? Let me know. Call in 1300 0555 or text in 0439
2: Hack. After throwing tomato soup over Vincent van Gogh's masterpiece, Curity. the two activists stuck their hands to the wall. What is worth more, art or life? Are you more concerned about the protection of a painting or the protection of our planet?
1: No, I'm just being honest. I think I'm speaking for the majority of people who don't want vandals in their art galleries sticking their hands on Perspex covering a Picasso with glue uh, they would rather, if you want to protest, go and do it somewhere else. It's always ridiculous to attack symbols, and I don't understand what it achieves apart from making a buzz. I understand the point because it gets people talking, but I don't think it helps people fighting for the environment to get closer to the goals. Tony, why wouldn't you go and glue your, your silly hand to a power station rather than a painting in a gallery when that painting's worth so
2: much money? It's proven that non-violent direct action works. On Triple J.
0: Yeah, definitely two sides to this debate about throwing stuff on paintings to say something about climate change. Remy, how does this style of protest sit with you? Yeah, uh,
1: look, I, I have found myself really frustrated and, and quite torn about it all because I like to think of myself as quite a big environmentalist. Um, it's something I'm extremely passionate about. Mm-hmm. And also uh, civil rights and civil disobedience, it has been proven to work. In the past. And, okay, I I think it's an interesting point to note that Martin Luther King at the time of his death was actually like, he had a 75% disapproval rating in America at the time that he died. People did not like what he was doing. And we kind of look back at him, back at him now as this uh, father of the civil rights movement who everyone loves and he changed the country and in, in fact the world culture for, for, for the better. And But we really do forget that he was someone who was shaking up a society and pushing them out of the status quo in a way that they didn't like and in a way that at the time they didn't want. And... It's very similar to what some of these protesters are doing right now. It's, but I do.
0: It, are you saying it's uncomfortable? It, the action, or yeah, it yeah. It,
1: it, it it is. I, you know, and I'm I'm looking at people going like like you know, no one uh uh i i i really don't see a lot of people uh, cheering on cheering them on you know it's uh I, I think that it is getting in the newspapers that is why they're doing it they've literally tried the mm. same tactics at oil refineries gluing themselves uh you know to like trucks and things like that but it doesn't hit the news this gets the news
0: right and that's their whole point right they're saying you know we need to we want to create noise and this brings act, like brings attention to it i don't think it. it
1: brings the action though where is
0: the call to action right. this in this is what, what I, doing? yeah i'm getting it, it's like we're talking about the stunt and the protesters yes. that do it, but are we actually talking about climate change? Like we ask, like this segment, for example, we're talking about it, <laughs> but like how much do we end up talking about, okay, what's going to cut emissions here? And we can talk about that for sure. But, you know, I think that's where the media interest ends up lying. Um, Eamon, from, oh, Eamon from Hawthorne, you've called in. What's your take on this?
1: Yeah, so I think these actions uh, definitely do get attention. They're on the news, but I think they're counterproductive as they actually deter people from joining the cause and they stop people discussing the climate issues. For example, many people I know are now hesitant to talk about climate change because you now become associated with people who glue their hands on the artwork and cause disruptions with traffic and... So, I think they're really deterring people from the cause as now people who care about climate change can be seen as a little bit deranged. Mm,
0: and that's like such an own goal for it. It's like if you're pissing off people that are already in your court, like what chances do you have to convince? people that need convincing on climate change, right? This
1: kind of phenomenon also isn't new. I mean, like, you go back to the 90s and uh, the people chaining themselves to trees were literally called tree huggers, you know, they were the dirty hippies, like they they were kind of treated with the same sort of uh, condescension as these protesters are now. I feel like these protesters have just sort of evolved their tactics because the old ones weren't hitting the news as often.
0: Mm, yeah, interesting stuff. Thanks so much for the call, Eamon. Alicia. Yeah, what do you think? Does it is it off-putting to you? Do you think it's effective? Because we are talking about it. What's your What's
2: your take? Uh, I basically agree with everything that you've said. I just picked up in that intro clip that you know someone was talking about the effectiveness of non-violent direct action, which I understand as a form of uh, activist tactic um, and respect, but. I would say that in this actual context, and I understand that there's perspex glass, which I think a lot of people, when they viewed the footage initially, um, yeah. didn't actually realise that but fact. for the paintings
0: were going to Yeah, get and damaged,
2: so, yeah. so just like bridging off non-violent direct action, I think that a lot of people initially see this footage as actually quite a violent act against culture, and um, really upsetting. I I put the question to my followers before we jumped on air, and I was really surprised with the amount of. I mean, I'm not really surprised to be honest. It was, it's a really emotive issue to see art being destroyed. Um, I understand the but metaphor. That's, that's what
0: yeah, their metaphor yeah. is, you know, if you care more about um, the Monet painting being destroyed, then what is that? Like, shouldn't you have that same level of attachment to our actual home, right? But then I think that also brings up this point where you can care about both things, right? Like you can love a Monet painting, but also really care about climate action.
2: Totally. And, you know, takes us back full circle to Kanye and feeling for his fans. Um, Art, music, books, these are the things that make our world, our society go round. And so I think it is – they've definitely hit the money, nailed it about – being emotive and capturing headlines but are hmm. we talking with any substance about oil and gas uh, or are we just talking about the fact that this is offensive to some and some people think it's great it certainly gets people
0: angry and emotive and and maybe that is necessary in something that's so urgent i suppose and and yeah we are talking about it and unfortunately we don't have enough time to talk more about some of those practical actions but uh remi he thanks so much for joining me on the Shake Up.
1: thank you hack on Triple
0: J. Big thanks again to our Shake Up guests this week, Remy He and Alicia Aiken radburn And also a big shout out to the hardworking hack team, executive producer Claire Bloomer, senior producer Serge Negus, reporters AJ Williams, Shalila Medora, Ellie Grounds, April McLennan, Angel Parsons, James Patill and of course, our guy Dave Marchese. He's back with you on Monday. Thanks so much for hanging out with me this week. See ya.